like and cool, a very bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my naughty little co-host, Mr. Alex Morant. Hi, Alex. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello, I'll live it. up to that adjective this episode. First, by saying I'm not going to do my tagline first, I'm going to do it last. You're I'm crazy. putting my foot down. Wow. I know. Very naughty of me. It is. I'll do my tagline instead of yours. How about that? Okay. You can cry me a river all you want. I brought rain boots. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) A little all over the place, but I thought if the the girls of Jersey got to do it, that I could do it. (laughs) That would be one. I can see that being a real one. All right. Nice. Thank you for your approval. A real one by a real one. Oh, thanks, Alex. (laughs) We're also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. Another real one. I love being here in the wild. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wanted a margarita without salt. Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a housewife tagline with like a mood shift like that. That would be incredible to hear. It was fine in honor of our coming up guest, Holly Moss on Naked and Afraid. Speaking of Julia's tagline, <laughs> Alex, let's hear yours. Call me a rolling stone because I don't gather moss. But I do gather that moss, Holly Moss, that is is our guest. As Julia just said. <laughs> just rolls right off the tongue. All right. As Julia and Alex's taglines have alluded to, we have a very special guest this episode. A real life friend, Holly Moss and star of Naked and Afraid season 12, episode one will be joining us. Woo! We're going to ask her some questions about her time on reality TV and also chit chat a little bit about Summer House with her. You guys ready? Yeah! Yep, call us just three Rolling Stones. Well, we are joined with Holly Moss from Season 12, Episode 1 of Naked and Afraid. Hello, Holly. Thank you for being with Hello, us. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Uh, A reality is... TV star. Yes. Our first it... celeb guest. And uh, just a little brag, real life friend. <laughs> Putting that out there. <laughs> All right, so Holly, your episode was filmed in the temperate rainforest of Georgia, and I know you're not watching Atlanta, but they have a hurricane going through, and the whole time they're complaining about the hurricane, all I can think is, well, little naked Holly's out there, very afraid and hungry. Oh, that's so funny. I do have a question for you. Um, Would you like to take this moment to issue a public apology to everybody else in Naked and Afraid, you being episode one and doing everybody so dirty because you made it look so incredibly easy? Owning their ass is fucking destroying everyone. Really, we're so unfair. Yeah, um... (laughs) It was so funny because I was just like the quiet one in the shadows, like, oh, look at this mushroom. This is mine now. It's kind of an interesting experience being like the the least dramatic person, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Was it as easy as it looked? Were you surprised by how effortless you seemed in the episode? I guess uh, like my final edit, I, I watched it and I was like, wow, this seems very, very far off base from what I actually experienced because I do remember doing the diary cams and doing like the producer interviews at the end of the day and being like i'm struggling so hard today like i'm so depressed jake and i are we're not fighting but i am annoyed (laughs) like it was a it was a constant struggle it was an everyday struggle and i think like especially between the the 10 to 15 day mark where it's like you have your routine established but nothing's really going on like you know you're not getting out anytime soon um that like slog i guess was was tough 
I had a tough time trying to make it through that. I mean, watching you, it, it looked like you weren't even aware that you were on a survival reality <laughs> show. Like, you made it look so easy. I know a lot of people would be freaked out by the naked part. How hard was it to adjust to being naked in front of cameras? I don't know. There was no, like, warm-up. Like, you... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... You weren't naked around people for like months before to get used to it. You show up at the hotel and you like meet like, okay, these are all the PAs, these are your camera crew, this is your production manager, like blah, 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 actual producer. Um, There's no like warm up, I guess. I expected like a practice round of like, this is me naked. There's not that. (laughs) Meeting everyone (laughs) one by one. (laughs) They're like, okay, time to get naked. (laughs) I don't know. It was so weird. Um, and especially, like, I'm just not comfortable with, like, being naked. Like, I'm not a nudist. <laughs> Are you comfortable now? Could you walk down the street? Yes. So now, I okay. oh. like, Holly, you need to put some clothes on. Put on some clothes, Holly. <laughs> there are windows and balconies. You're standing on the balcony right now. Like, you should probably put a towel on or something. I think you had a great intro walking towards your partner and giggling could say, a naked man. Very relatable because that's, I think, what we would all think. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was... Um, so that was super awkward, too, because, like, the first day and the last day are the most heavily produced. So when you do that initial meeting, like, you meet a naked man and you're actually experiencing it in real time. Like, this is super fucking weird. What am I doing? And then you have to do it again and again and again because, like, they want this angle Hmm. and they want this sound clip. So uh, that was super weird for me. (laughs) Did you have to put back on your clothes? Yeah. Yeah. So they do the... The taking what? off clothes a couple of times, put your clothes back on, then you take them off again because they want this angle. Um, and then you do the whole, like, shake hands awkwardly while you're trying not to stare at each other's genitals scene, like, three <laughs> times. Were you used to being naked with a stranger within the first day, or did it take a couple days to, like, warm up to that? Um, after, like, three hours, it was fine, but the first... 45 minutes or so I was just in shock like my brain was like ah, like I just heard screaming and that's like it was not processing <laughs> <laughs> again you hear screaming but what do we see Holly jumping from rock to rock sees a waterfall and instead of climbing down decides to Pocahontas off the side <laughs> you look <Yeah>. so cool <laughs> yeah uh, that was kind of funny like I don't know I felt like we kind of got set up for that like I know that they scouted the area first and I was like our producer's name was Paul. And I was like, Paul, can we jump? And he's like. <laughs> I love it if you did. Please. So that's how that one came about. That's so funny. So Holly and I were together, um, funny enough, in the Atlanta airport the week before she started filming. And we were in line for TSA. And I asked Holly, what were you scared? Of? What were you scared of? You know, naked and afraid. What are you afraid of? And you said at the time you were scared because you didn't know what it felt like to actually be hungry. Would you say that that fear was consistent throughout actually filming? Or did you have new fears that you didn't expect? Um, Yeah, I got a totally new fear that I didn't expect, which I think is in line with, like, how I actually go through my real life. Um, Being hungry was fine. Like, I didn't didn't really experience that much hunger. Once your body gets used to it, you're just like, "Mm, I wish I had a noodle salad right now, but I don't. Um, (laughs) My real fear was being alone. And that's kind of, like, more in life with what informs my decisions throughout my actual life. 
but yeah when Jake was like about to leave me on whatever day three or so um that's when I experienced like the afraid of naked and afraid oh my gosh because I mean like you definitely could have survived like physically but I can't imagine how lonely that would be out there yeah physically I was totally fine you're never doing alone (laughs) uh never doing the other survival show alone Well, I, I think that it's it's something that I kind of want to address, too, because I think it makes it leads me to some questionable decisions. You know, like um, I realized that I was staying in a relationship because I was just afraid of being alone. Ultimately, that relationship was very toxic, but I was subjecting myself to something that was not ideal because I was afraid. Oh, man. Holly, I think you have a, a naked therapy show. In your future <laughs> naked therapy with counsel people in the nude. You realized that in real time while you were filming the episode? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Holly, blown away by you just all the time. Um, the cool thing, too, is, like, the medics would come in and talk to us every night just because they were bored. Like, they were camping close to us. So oh. Jake and I didn't necessarily That's get funny. along. Like, like we got along, but, like, I, I wasn't, like, buddy-buddy with Jake. Like, like, yeah, we talked, but, like... We didn't really connect, um, but I actually got along with one of the paramedics really well, and I kind of bounced all of this off of him. I was like, hey, man, like, I think I got to end my relationship, blah, blah, blah. So that's how it came about. <laughs> <laughs> so you did have an on-the-call therapist. Pretty much. It was Just nice. he was a paramedic. <laughs> yeah, his name was Elias, and he's fucking awesome. He hears this. Elias, I love you. <laughs> uh, did you see production take meal breaks? Uh, no. So that's a big rule with them is like they can't smoke, drink, or eat in front of us. They have like... Whole... Because they'd be giant dicks if they did. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole okay. bunch of rules in place. Like sexual harassment was a big one. We had like a a 45 minute sexual oh. harassment talk. Which Were you the only woman on set? Uh, no. Uh, it was me and then there was a camera woman named Brie who was also awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. So they cannot... And yeah, they... they can't do anything in front of us except for film. <laughs> they Did they bring you something like when you needed it? Like if you took medication in the morning or if you needed some kind of... I don't know. Yeah. If you had a headache, would they bring you aspirin? Like kind of lifeline a little bit? I don't know for like general pain. I think if you had like a chronic condition, like if you took, I don't know, anxiety or depression meds or like you needed insulin maybe, um, they'd bring you that for sure. But I think just general pain, they'd probably tell you to suffer. It's kind of like a case by case thing. I got my contacts every day, um, which was nice. Oh, <laughs> oh, cool. How did, did you just wipe your hands yeah. off and pop them in your yeah, eyes? Yeah, they give me like little, <laughs> little alcohol pads because my fingers were like black and I was like... I did like watching the uh, dirt build up in Yarn Jake's eyebrows oh like throughout God. the time. That's how we could tell how far it was so thick by the end of mm. the video. At the end of that, I was like, so she's got I... eyebrows. Good. Holly tries to I know another one of your worries was your teeth. Like you felt like it would be gross to not brush your teeth. Your dental hygiene? Mm hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. How did, did you just kind of go with it? That did end up getting super, super, super gross. So it's like, you know, like the fuzzy feeling you have on the, at the end of the day, like when you haven't brushed your teeth all day. I definitely had that. Mm-hmm. And um, Jake and I kind of put up with it for like 12 days or so. There's natural sargassum growing in Georgia. So that's what we use. Sargassum is used in toothpaste too. So that makes sense. Old Indian tradition. Oh, clean yeah. tea. 
Queen Pete. There you go. Yeah, and like we we kind of held off on it for a couple of days. Who's like, oh, that seems weird, like using sticks on your teeth. But we did it, and like the rest of the day, Jake and I were going around like, do your teeth feel awesome right now? Like mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so happy we did this show. <laughs> So, Holly, would you do it again? Maybe, like, another episode of Naked and Afraid or Naked and Afraid XL, 40 Days? Um, I would absolutely love to do it again. Like, if I got approached about XL next week, I'd be like, absolutely. Um, another awesome. one that I would love to do is Alone, if I could, but... <gasps> really? Oh. Now that you've conquered your fear of being mm. alone? I know, it's such a, such a fitting one for me, because I'm... I have a fear of being alone, but yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do it now. I mean, much respect going towards your issues instead of running away as fast as you can, like so many of us do. (laughs) Or try to do on day three. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to be on a different kind of reality show, uh, I'm going to give you four choices. (laughs) Would you want to be on a dating show like The Bachelor? A house show like Summer House or Jersey Shore where you're stuck in a house? A housewife-esque where they follow you around your regular life? Or like a challenge show like Survivor or MTV's The Challenge? I think 100% without a doubt I'd want to be on a house show. <laughs> yes. Is that because you love Jersey Shore? I mean, I watched one episode of Summer House and I already have some very strong opinions about what's going on. Like, I just... I picture myself like in the I would be much like, better in that house. This fucking bitch. <laughs> I want to do that. Holly, Holly's so thoughtful and so insightful. I feel like you're you don't really get to see it in this episode, but Sierra is like a god among men. Like she just goes right through the bullshit. I feel like you'd be like the Sierra of your mm-hmm. summer house. Yeah. Now it's Holly. a high compliment. <laughs> oh, yeah. good. <laughs> or like, a, I have, a... have you ever seen the movie waiting? Yeah. You know, the dishwasher dude that just like hangs out in the dish pits and smokes cigarettes and gives everybody advice. Like that would be me. Is that yeah. you? <laughs> 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 in the back of the house. <laughs> now, Holly, if you had to do your Georgia naked and afraid challenge again, but instead of Jake, you were with a Bravo Liberty. So anyone from Summer House, I know that you're a Real Housewives of New York fan. Who would you want to be your partner? Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like uh, I, I might pick Dorinda from, from Real Housewives of New York. I knew it! Oh. I, I just feel like, okay, so she's very problematic, but we have some, like, really fundamental things in common. I don't know. Like, she kind of reminds me of an older me. <laughs> I feel like her energy could keep you going. Absolutely. Yeah, like she would talk about something and I'd be like, yes, Dorinda, get it, get it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Also, I feel like, especially in her last seasons, she was so incredibly soaked in alcohol the whole time. Like, if you needed to warm yourself by the fire, you could just light a match and see what happens. Oh, my God. Dorinda would like... (laughs) She'd get, like, blackout drunk at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and she'd be up at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning drinking. And I'm like, that is a seasoned alcoholic right there. (laughs) 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 Something Holly can respect. (laughs) Well. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, all things reality TV, Holly, you ready to talk Summer House? Yeah, let's do it. I have the, the cast and their pictures pulled up so I can... 
All right, before we get into Summer House, Holly, you have some fundamental questions for us, and I hope we have the answers. All right, I'm ready to fire away. Okay. Um, so I guess my biggest question was, it's, okay, so Amanda and Kyle are getting married, right? Yes. Yes. But it seems like some of the girls have a problem with Kyle. Hannah. Mostly Hannah. So Kyle did cheat on Amanda um, a couple years ago. But he has grown up quite a bit despite his love for peeing outside. But that Hannah only points to that as her problem with him because he challenges her sometimes. Okay. And so she points to that as like her reason why she's not a fan of his. But I think it's really just because he like calls her out on stuff. Right? And something I kind of want to make clear is when she told everybody like, oh, well, Des knows what things that Kyle has said to me. Said to you what, Hannah? Like, I cannot name something that he didn't say to you that other than you're being a shitty roommate, you don't help clean up at all. That was what he said. Yeah, to her you don't take so out offensive. the trash. <laughs> that's what she got so upset about. Okay. Yeah, that's what. So, yes. Yeah, it seems just like Hannah's like, <laughs> uh, Hannah. <laughs> um, that was kind of funny. Like, at the end of the episode, like, she was just making out with Des the whole time. And then, like, everyone was kind of uncomfortable with it, but, like, putting up with it. And then, like, Hannah comes back. And sits down with him at the end and is like, you guys all have a problem with Des. That's definitely Hannah's energy. Like, point, she just, it feels so attacked and is constantly attacking. And, okay, how old do you think Des is, Holly? 42, maybe? Yeah, he's 45 and Hannah okay. is 29. Okay. They started talking on Instagram at the beginning of that summer, and they are currently engaged. Whoa. Yeah. Did he seem into her at all? Let me see those tits. Yeah. Like we do on the phone. It's hard to say because, like... He didn't really talk that much. He just made out with Hannah the whole time. <laughs> like, I don't... Who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> He's... I thought his not wanting to hang out with the house... Like, I get it. He went to go see his girlfriend. Totally understand that. Yes. But he was so weirdly immature about not acknowledging the house. Like, they ate dinner in her bedroom one night. Oh, And weird. I think it's... I think it's attractive to see, like, oh, if your boyfriend, like, gets along really well with your friends, I think that makes them more attractive. Yeah, totally. Like, they're immersed in your life. I Well, he's a New York comic, as we know. I think he thinks that he's just too hip for the room. And I think, even if that's not, like, what he actually thinks, that's the vibe he's trying to give off mm. while being... Because he knows he's being filmed on this show. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's I think he's detaching himself because of that. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Don't you think it's a little convenient that he starts DMing her and then goes and visits the summer house? And now we all know. But he completely botched his performance because I don't think I heard a half a joke come out of his mouth. He said they did it doggy style with masks on. Is that a joke? I took that to be truth. I mean, uh, for Des. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, either he was not after that or he's a really shitty comic because if I was a comic, 
like trying to get more famous, I'd be like in the middle of the room, like the drunkest person. Exactly. Where was his tight tin? <laughs> All he comes with a set. Yeah, I think he's a shitty comic who wanted this to be a platform to show that he thought he was cooler than everyone else and wasn't going to like engage with the reality TV thing. And I think that just got lost in the edit, probably. Like they did not show nearly enough of him for that to work. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, poorly played, Des. Poorly played. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would have worked if he was the actual cast, but he was not. No, and he seemed so flat. And it's funny because, like, we didn't even get to see Danielle's non-boyfriend boyfriend, boyfriend, Robert. But he was way more likable, even though we got, like, two lines out of him. I think maybe just because he was with the cast. Yeah, they were, like, driving to the beach and Robert was, like, talking to everybody in the car. Like, it seemed like everything was going wonderfully and i as somebody who has never seen this before was like who's that guy <laughs> des that being one. there is perfect for robert robert got so lucky robert. i have a couple red flags from both of these new relationships my des oh. red flag was him saying i hope we can be as cute as this for as long as possible Red flag, also because we know that they just got engaged mere months after this was filmed, meaning that they're constantly chasing that new cute high. So what's going to happen when they're done with milestones? Uh Red flag. My red flag on Robert and Danielle is that she thinks they are taking their relationship really fast, yet we have not seen them sleep together, which was highly disappointing. They haven't had sex. And it could be because he was feeling awkward because of all the cameras in the house. But, like, I don't know. Go find a bush somewhere, guys. Go in the bathroom, like, the one or the laundry room. Go be naked and afraid. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what this says about me. And, Holly, I think that you like this, too. I don't know why on reality shows I love the night vision romping under the sheets. I don't know why it makes me laugh every time. I love watching strangers bone on the internet. Don't look at me The Lindsay Stravi scenes are so weird, though. The way they talk to each other their like bedroom talk is like you will be my girlfriend all right you're my boyfriend we are going to make sweet love we are doing 69 right now <laughs> can you put it in my mouth Just- I was like, you guys have are having the weirdest sex right now like I want to have a million babies with you. <laughs> when they verbalize it like that, I just picture them under the sheets doing nothing at all. Just like sitting there like Sims, like just laying yeah. there. Do you guys love that Lindsay immediately walks into Luke's room, demands to get her ring sized, and then tells Luke, Stravi's been coming in me. <laughs> Lots of information all at once. Um, Luke... I don't know who you are, but I feel real bad for you right yeah. now. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Luke has had a weird arc this season from guy everyone hates to guy people just like dump information on and he's forced to respond to. Yeah. He's... <laughs> and then what's so weird is Hannah is still watching all of this and and her parts with Luke and is live tweeting, going on podcasts saying she is convinced and now she feels like we have all seen the evidence that Kyle and Luke have been going after her and trying to destroy her this whole season. Huh? Insanity. Well, I mean, just for the record, I absolutely love Sierra. Yes. She's the best. I want to be her. <laughs> yeah, a total uh, saint. The type of person who can't wait to go back to nursing in a pandemic. I know. This, she, yeah. <laughs> I just love nursing. 
Georgia has a short observance. I'm going there. I'm like, oh my god, you're great. I think that shows <laughs> how wonderful Sierra is, but also how fucking horrible the summer house is. That you're like, I'd rather go back to a hospital in the pandemic than be here for one more day. <laughs> <laughs> right? Also, I think this is not really a question, just kind of an observation that I had. I was wondering if Hannah was doing this thing with Des to make Luke jealous because I guess they were dating. Okay. Well, Holly, I would like to put a huge asterisk on that dating and the fact that she called him her ex-boyfriend. And we have talked about this to death, but I would love your interpretation of the situation. They flirted all last summer. They made out a couple times. They have never had sex but there's been some like hand mouth stuff here and there. They talk. Hannah's given him two blowjobs, most likely. Oh yes, we do pieced know that. this together. They talked for not summer, and then this season, Luke arrives with Sierra, and she was just mind blown. Hannah thought they were dating this whole time. If you've been talking to someone for seven months and you've never had sex, is that your boyfriend? Yay, nay. Mm-hmm. Hannah's so crazy that I feel like in her mind. Yay. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And then factor in that she's been talking to Dez as well. Oh, yeah. She's been talking to Dez at the same time. And then she even says that, like, I was going to try to see if this male model Luke thing was going to pan out, but it didn't. So I guess I'm going to go with old man Kyle. Like Hannah. Wow. She's a. Oh, yeah. We all know a Hannah, as we've said (laughs) on this podcast. Holly and I know many Hannahs. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Uh, um, but it kind of makes sense. Like, it lines up with her character. Like, I gave you two blowjobs. You were not my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Goes into Luke's room. Demands Thank you. Good night. Yep. <laughs> Definitely transactional. Um, Holly, did you physically revolt away from your streaming device every time Des and Hannah whisper kissed at each other? Were you as grossed oh, out by it? Cool as we we were with that backstory. Yeah. Yeah, there was even a moment where they were like they were kissing in the house and I think Des brought up like are you uncomfortable right now because we're making out in front of everybody and Hannah was like, "No." And I was screaming at my computer, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Not in the house and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Holly, I I really can't recommend this season enough to you. If you want some Hannah cringe, this was actually Hannah's best episode. And mm-hmm. after watching it, because I wanted your Hannah rundown so badly, I was worried that you were going to think Hannah was a normal person from this episode. And I'm so happy that even on her best day, you can mm-hmm. see right through her. Um, I will definitely consume the rest of season five. I'm very interested in this now. <laughs> Invested. Yes, it's a doozy. Well, Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find you? Um, So you can find me on my Instagram. I am Mossy Fit. And then uh, that's about it for now. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I would love to join y'all again for another episode. This is very fun for me. We'll get you on New York. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, New York. Oh, I got some pop on Miranda. (laughs) That woman. She has been fired, which means she might have some time available to be on Naked and Afraid with you. A little crossover. (laughs) Call her up, Holly. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Thank you, Holly. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Holly. It was so much fun having you on. And now we are getting into Atlanta. 
Um, I would like to open us up with the candy restaurant tasting and the bizarre conversation revolving around Marlo and her liposuction. The whole talk about her back hurts because her nephews jumped on it. Her back hurts because she got lipo. I don't get the point that was trying to be made because it's not like Marlo is lying about getting liposuction. She's just saying she's having it in two weeks. Why would she lie about timing? She is a crusader for the truth, and she's being caught in a lipo lie. Oh. Oh, that is true. A lipo lie. I like when they try to expose her by saying, let's see her stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, their evidence for that is that somebody knows someone who goes to the same doctor, implying the doctor said something, which is calling out that doctor for a violation of HIPAA, which is a federal law. Like, you're trying to get that doctor sent to prison, lose his license and his practice? What are you doing? Was that Shamia just trying to, like, get drama going and getting, like, screened? I don't know. Am I going to give Marlo benefit of the doubt here? It felt too stupid. It felt too small. Like, why are we... The the implications of it didn't really matter other than you're trying to get this doctor, like, (laughs) fired. We had a lot of plastic surgery this week, too. We had Kenya get a breast reduction. And then I don't know what the timeline is, but she recovered amazingly rapidly. I couldn't tell the difference. Is that bad? Oh, you couldn't? Dr. Deal. Dr. Deal. Um, Incredible name. I mean, it's a good deal when you get to sit on your computer and see women put their tits on your screen all Uh, day. Yeah, that's why he (laughs) named himself that. (laughs) I did think it was kind of weird. Um, I know we're in the time of COVID, but there's something about having a doctor Zoom call with you and you just flash him your boobs so he could see them as a consultation. Yeah, you really have to trust that person. Yeah, it's not like he's going to throw up his camera phone to a little screen record action. (laughs) Dr. Deal, though, wasn't the best named new cast member we got though this week because Profit Lot (laughs) is a whole lot of something something again another case of somebody saying something and not realizing the implications that it has like going off of the hipaa thing drew's whole argument is that latoya took advantage of profit lot and now she can't have her baby christening because latoya broke up a fiance engagement but if that's true let's just pretend that's true Drew, you're implying that your friend who is providing sobriety counseling took advantage of a woman who's dealing with substance issues. That makes your friend, Prophet Lot, look really bad. We also learned that the Drew claims that like Latoya broke off an engagement, but the engagement was actually like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, before we get really into this, who's, who, who do you believe in this thing? Because... The prophet side of the story sounded so fake when he was telling it. About mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. I had this assistant who was like very jealous and <laughs> they made up the story. It just read as so false. But then like when the actual like facts were revealed, it was like kind of obvious that like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty much team Latoya on this, I guess. I am too. Just based on their chemistry over the phone too. It did not feel like they, they were hiding anything. No, I don't know. They did not have chemistry. I feel like Marlo had more chemistry than him. Well, because he was she wearing was Gucci. Profit. Yeah, the the, pro- the Gucci pastor. Um, yeah, she needs I to would... make some profit. She's going with this profit. This and good. as they say, oh, profits don't lie. Love me some Marlo. 
Yeah, prophets don't lie. All of the convicted prophets. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, can you guys think of a modern day prophet who doesn't have some kind of, I don't know, sexual abuse charge against them? <laughs> the big takeaway I got from this is that Drew and her assistant Danny are messy. I think that's something yeah. we can all agree on. Drew, Danny, and Delilah. The three Ds. <laughs> Delilah. I think that there is kind of three versions of the story. The first one is none of it's true and Drew is just making it up because she's being Drew. The second one is that Latoya and the prophet did hook up, but it's a consensual relationship. And then the third one is that she came to him in her time of need and he took total advantage of her. And guess what? Drew doesn't look like the good person in any version. So I don't know why she's going so hard on this and implying that her baby can't be christened by someone who's boned Latoya. I guess that's what she's trying to say. Because, like, her angle is that, like, Latoya is, like, this demonic presence who, like, took this man of God away from his path. And it's, like, it's a weird framing of the situation where he is not accountable at all. It's, like, all, she, like, she made him, she took him to the dark side. And to quote Candy, you're giving LaToya too much credit. And LaToya seems Absolutely. so like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which makes me feel like none of it's true. Maybe they hooked up once or whatever. But again, why does Drew care? Why is Drew involved in this? Maybe her celebrity friend, Yvette Nicole Brown, is putting these thoughts in her head. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was a weird cameo. You think that was prepaid? Well, she appears on Watch What Happened Live a bit, so ah. she's she's a friend of Bravo. Ah, yeah. All right, all right. She, she's in there. I also don't like how Drew keeps trying to throw Latoya's marriage status in her face. Like Latoya's in the middle of a divorce just because she hasn't signed papers. We've yet. seen Drew's marriage. You know what that's about. Mm-hmm. That's a total insecurity about her own marriage with the guy who these past like three episodes has tried to present himself as the perfect man. And it's somehow stranger yeah. than when he's like Where creepy. Is murder she yeah. drew. Yeah, I I didn't like him doing her foot physical therapy and acting like he was like, okay, now we got to do this. Like a doctor didn't tell her how to do that. Like, Ralph, you're not coming up with these exercises. I also thought it was weird that he thought that her feet would only stink post-workout if she wasn't uh, yeah. wearing socks. They would stink maybe more <laughs> if she was wearing socks. That was an odd one. Oh, it's just one of those weird things I got hung up on for way too long. Uh, I'm going to throw something out there. I don't know if I need Drew next season. She didn't do anything for me. She brought nothing that I actually cared well, about. Well, she brought the drama with Latoya for sure, but it seems like Latoya maybe not also be returning next season. I don't yeah. know what her relationship with the show is. She's such a driving force of the drama this season. She's still not a prominent cast member, which we've had our own theories about. So I feel like if Latoya does not return, yeah, for sure we don't need Drew. That'd be the only reason I'd need Drew. But even the Drew drama with Latoya, I didn't care about. No, but if they're going to be friends next season, wouldn't you love to see that? There's no way. I think they can't do it. Elizabeth, stranger things have happened on Housewives. Them versus the aunties. See? Well, did you guys watch the reunion preview for Atlanta? I didn't. I was unbelievably underwhelmed. I was really bummed. Uh. 
I don't know if it was the edit, if they just had Kenya and Portia yelling over each other where you can't understand either of them. And the bit was like, and he doesn't know what to do. He's just going to have to sip his water and wait for it to be over. And then the other part they showed was Andy being like, so you want me on all fours, Candy? And Candy, like, having the whip. It just, it, it didn't have what you want from a reunion. But remember, Elizabeth, we can't judge things by teasers. Ah, yes. We haven't don't, learned Don't make anything. the mistake I always make. My nightmare scenario for this reunion is that it's three episodes about who fucked Bolo. That would be the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. to me. Because we've just spent a whole half a season knowing who fucked Bolo. Yeah. Yeah, and Candy, I guess, told Marlo is what was revealed this episode that Portia like did in fact oh, fuck Candy, Bolo. What a mistake. Um, I also, I would like to compliment Marlo for being remarkably consistent by involving dinner guests who have nothing to do with the show in her drama. First, it was big Frida. And this episode, it was poor auntie Nora, who was just there trying to get some taste of some food. And Marlo's over there. Why do you think these women don't like this? Like making everybody <laughs> so uncomfortable. It leads to the funniest moment of the season, I think, though, where Portia's like, I'm just here to eat, like, my friend's food and, like, not pay attention to, like, anyone else. And then she puts up her hands for high fives from all around the table, and then Marlo puts her hand out, and she just leaves her hanging for so long. I know. I actually did feel really, really bad for Marlo in that moment. Like, I love Marlo. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. She brings it, but she kind of drives me nuts. And I think... Portia's issue with Marlo does does stem from the Bolo thing. Like, my friend wouldn't want to know, and I know if I tell her, she's going to tell Kenya. Or use it against yep. me, which is basically what Marlo said she was going to do. So, Is there a Bravo show with more prominent friend-ofs than Atlanta? There's five friend-ofs in a small cast. This is the most yeah. friend-of heavy cast by far. And they've been driving a lot of the drama this season. Mm-hmm. And unlike Real Housewives of New York, these friend ofs are consistent. Not like Barbara, who you never see again. Elise, who you'll never see again. Elise. <laughs> well, with that, that's my Elise impression. You guys ready to move on to Dallas? Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Well, we are back with a brand new episode of Airbnb Nightmares, where we watch the Real Housewives of Dallas cast destroy an Airbnb. They put shaving cream all over the porch, which can ruin finish. They put shaving cream in the hot tub. They put fart bombs in the bedroom. That's going to ruin something. They put a Bigfoot costume that was covered in dead pig juice in the hot tub that also had shaving cream on it. And they poured salsa in the beds. Their cleaning fee is going to be through the roof. That's all I could think about. Can you imagine what that smelled like? What that whole house smelled like? And it not even like... Fart bombs aside. The counters were disgusting. Speaking of the house and things I was disgusted by, I have to say Carrie's apology definitely took a turn I wasn't ready for when she apologized to Bigfoot hunter Charles by saying, I'm sorry, you made me so upset by saying I couldn't have a machete. (laughs) What a fun twist. I was so thrown by that too. M. Night Shyamalan over here. She had felt hurt and judged when he wouldn't let her use the sword. <laughs> I I just thought that the salsa bed prank was insane. That was, I mean, it's the escalation of that. Was, yeah, 
It's ruining somebody's bed. It, I mean, oh yeah, I should add that to my list of cleaning fees. That ruined the mattress. There's no way that didn't sink through the sheets onto that mattress. As far as like Bravo fever dream sequences go, this was a pretty good like five minute stretch of like them getting in the Bigfoot costumes, them dancing in the Bigfoot costumes, Charles dancing with them, then the fart bomb salsa bed prank. Just like music saying those words just sounds insane. So I do commend like those five minutes of this episode. You didn't even include the bachelorette church games that they played apparently at... Oh, I wrote them down. Want me to read those? Those are also insane words that go together. So Julia and I were on Pinterest looking at bachelorette party games mere months ago, and all of those were listed. Torch of Trust and Light and Budweiser was a thing that co- commenced the <laughs> proceedings. Very sexual games to be played. Swinger Dingling, Plunger slash Toilet Paper Game, the least inventive name of the bunch. But the most phallic, sexy game by far. Oh, yeah. You have to hump your partner until the toilet paper falls off between your legs. And uh, yeah, Tug of War Oklahoma style. And then sliding into the crap pit, as, as Cam did. The most important <laughs> part, which she was explicitly told not to do. I could have a show with just Tiffany and Cam. The oh. Tiffany and Cam show. Maybe Deandra. Deandra can be a friend of. That's all I need. Uh, I don't. Who who do I? I Are you I, I like Carrie. I, I like Carrie. She's, it, I like the chaos. She's a liability. She's a no. I like the sack. chaos. I like it. You can bring your own Mister Clean and shout. I'm not cleaning up after her. <laughs> okay, I need to talk about Deandra's dad's will. Because I have thoughts. I would just like to start the session out by saying that if a husband dies, his current wife should receive his money. Yep. Yep. So, Julia, what a great point, says everybody in the universe besides Mama D and Deandra. Mm-hmm. So, the will, quote-unquote Deandra, was a verbal agreement between her father and her mother. That's not going to hold up in the court of law at all. He said, I'm not going to pay child support. I'll just give her all the money. He, that he promised that to Mama D before he got remarried and had another kid. You have According to Mama D, he promised this. Julia didn't even think about that. Excellent point. Please put that as a little asterisk on the side. Deandra is offended that the will, the real will that left her nothing, was placed on her childhood bed when she got home days after her father killed himself, which is very sad. And she said, how could you place that on a child's bed? How old was Deandra? She was 36. Uh, I, I know what? After all of that, how the hell did Deandra get the money? That is what blows my mind. There is no evidence other than her last name, that will get her that money. We've never heard of the name Simmons before we started watching Real Housewives of Dallas, but I think the word Simmons in Dallas does carry a lot of weight. That's what they say on this show. And can I just say, saying that you won't pay child support in exchange for just leaving your inheritance behind when you die, that is... What a brilliant move by someone. <laughs> I mean... What a way to completely avoid responsibility. DeAndre's biological dad, may he rest in peace, was a smart cookie. Yes, smart financial move. <laughs> yeah, I know that I have created a life in this life, but I don't plan on taking care of that life until I'm dead. 
Now, here's a question. Do you think she split the money with her brother? I don't think she did. No, right? And Deandra's acting like there are three parties that are alive after her father dies. Her, her brother, and his second wife. Deandra, that second wife was living with him. That was her money, too. It shouldn't be going to you. You're not next down the line in the family tier bracket. We're still at the top. So that woman, like, let's forget Deandra for a second. You're married to a guy. He dies. You're like, this is really sad. Um, You know, I'm just going to use this money to keep living my life. And then I'll give it to my son and his daughter when I die. His daughter comes out of nowhere and is like, nah, bitch, it's all mine. Like, that is insane logic. And she still got it. And you know how we know that Deandra thinks this was a shitty, shitty, shitty thing to do? Because when her stepmom asks to address their issues privately before Deandra is welcome to, like, meet with the rest of the family... Deandra doesn't want to do this because she doesn't want to go back into the past. She just wants to keep moving forward. She doesn't want to look at that shitty, shitty thing she did. She wants to have her cake and keep the money too. And her, well, I can't believe they're mad moment is, I said (laughs) I was going to split it half and half with the brother. That still doesn't include his current wife who doesn't Mm -hmm. have anything now. You left her with nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the girls do call her selfish, but yeah, the email that she perceived as so horrible that her stepmom wrote her that was like, okay, I think that we can talk. Um, Peace be with you. I'll see you soon. She's like, how dare this woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I think that we learned from this episode that um, life is just so serious and it's really hard sometimes, but having a pink bubble around you and living in a fantasy world is just phenomenal. And that quote is from a one court who, <laughs> when asked if he was embarrassed by Cam about something she did, he answered, I'm way past that point. And what was that thing? That thing, Julia, was a seance that Cam had for the dog, Louis Vuitton, who has passed. And when Cam first tells Court she's going to have a seance for her dead dog, he looks terrified, maybe because he's scared of ghosts, or maybe because he's scared, because Cam tells him that this woman can hear what dogs have to say and she can talk, and he's worried what Louis Vuitton has to say. Yeah, it's part of her devious uh, plan of torturing him into telling the truth about murdering her dog. (laughs) I do want to say one of my favorite quotes from the episode is when they are packing up all of the clothes and after the seance has happened cam says or we need to stop calling these louis vuitton's clothes these are now fancy's clothes we're moving on and court says that's very healthy and he's proud mm-hmm. of her yeah do you think pet mediums responses um via louis uh would have been different if kids hadn't been present oh you know how like the answers to like what louis was saying were like I have been sitting up pretty and handsome, and I'm irreplaceable. I don't need, I don't know. There's like the, the cutesy way that like she was communicating the dog's thoughts. Do you think if like their kids weren't there, she would have just said the same things to Gavin Court? Or do you think that she would have been like, I know what you fucking did to me, Court. I'm coming after you. You'll hear my barks <laughs> in the night. You killed me. <laughs> I will shit in your shoes until you die. 
<laughs> I don't know. Either is pretty good. You guys ready yeah. for some new Joyzy? Yes. Yeah, sure. All right. New Joyzy. Um, I would like to start off with Jennifer and her big Ugh, row. Can we not? <laughs> her big fight between her parents. Uh, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> don't want to talk about it how come it is not i mean it's just like not a thing i want to watch in these shows this is just too sad for me oh yeah it's too sad it is a hundred it's too reality it's not reality julia it's too real yeah it is a fucking bummer but it did put some perspective on something that we were all so horrified that came out of jennifer's mouth a couple episodes ago how she didn't understand the Margaret Me Too. How like, so what? Your boss who is 20 years older than you pressured you into sex. Who cares? Makes a lot more sense now that we know that Jennifer's mom was 16 when she married her dad who was 26. And she cried because she didn't want to marry him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And Jennifer doesn't really seem to like soak in this information that much. She doesn't seem to soak in much information. And I think at one point when I was watching it with my roommate, I went, she's such an idiot. (laughs) Like, I don't have that much context for this cast so far, but she just really rubs me the wrong way in so many different ways. And she's married to the smartest, kindest person that's ever graced my screen. That's what I keep hearing from everyone in the show, too. He's a little strange to me, I must say. I don't know if it's because she can't see her father as a real person, But even when her mom says, like, how can you idolize your dad? He wasn't even in your life. She's like, well, he drove me to school. He checked in on me, made sure I was doing my prayers. But, like, so he saw you twice a day? And your child bride mom sacrificed everything for you? And she's telling you, he was horrible to me. He never took care of me. Like, I was expected to take care of him. I was emotionally abused. And she just is like, ugh, I wish my mom would stop bitching. In the dad's defense. Uh Julia, no. (laughs) But hear me out. Uh, It's implied that it was an arranged marriage. Oh, yeah. It was a different time. Mm -hmm. And they moved to America. I think he worked his ass off. And I think that he thinks he sacrificed his life at his place of work to give them a lifestyle. And clearly, like, he was quite successful because his daughter – Ended up in a world where she was able to, like, meet this very kind, handsome doctor. So I think he thinks he gave his wife everything. And that is absolutely in his favor. But she throws the word abuse around a lot. The mom. Mm -hmm. To the point where, like, you have to take notice of that. You have to, like, listen to that. And Jennifer even says, like, yeah, but he didn't, like, hit you. Like, she even kind of acknowledges that. It sounds like he was very emotionally and verbally abusive. And Julia, I think you're totally right. And I think that, I mean, we did not, none of us grew up in Turkey during this time. Mm -hmm. Jennifer's husband even says, like, it was a different time where women were expected to be the housekeepers and the bearers of children. And you were thankful for the money at whatever cost. Which ties us right into the house of Gorga because I feel like he... Wants that. But Jennifer's father, I think that he was expecting Jennifer's mom to comply with how he's seen all the other Turkish families go. And she wanted more. And if I were Jennifer's mom and every time I brought up that like I was mistreated and like I was never like 
respected and all that. And every time I was, this was brought up, someone would say, oh, but it was like of that time. I would also be like losing my shit. That oh, is yeah. what everyone says oh, yeah. to her every time she brings this up. Mm-hmm. I would be pissed. And also she is living in a world where she sees how her daughter's husband, who is super nice and very mm-hmm. financially successful, treats her daughter. And I think she's kind of looking around saying like, what the hell? How come I didn't get this? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's fair. And when she does say, this is this is weird. What I had is weird, right? She kind of gets gaslit by her family. And like, no, but that's just kind of how it was yeah, for you. You, you got to understand. That's just, you know. <laughs> it's good for me. It's bad for you. That's just the way it is. Okay, okay, okay. I'm coming around. Well, no, I think that, but Julia, I think it can be both. No, I think I, that it yeah. is both. I think that that's the reality of the situation. I but mean, no, what is that the reality for? Joe Gorga. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just, I'm a sucker because I see Jennifer's dad as this feeble, elderly man no, with no, his no. You earbuds can't, you can't just hanging over his ears. <laughs> the cuts to him with like looking goofy with the headphone and his iPad. Ugh. Um, I know that we want to really get into the psychic slash fortune teller slash seance that we have yeah. in New yeah. Jersey. Lots We've of- been having so many mediums on Bravo shows For recently. dogs and people alike. Yeah, that's right. And never have I felt more like this is a hoax. I mean, I've always, I've always thought that, of course. Um, but I, I'm a cynic. But I've never felt that more than with this medium in this oh, episode. Oh, yes, Alex. Um, I have three thoughts that I would like to just go rapid fire. First thought uh-huh. of mine, may I? How dare you. I think that Gina Marie <laughs> may have watched Real Housewives of New Jersey. Anyone Julia, else? You stole my second thought. <laughs> I wrote, I want to be a psychic for celebrities. You just have to Google them. Absolutely. <laughs> and then they are blown away by mediums are never this specific by the way did you it's usually like oh i'm sensing someone with the first letter like m she knew everyone's like names (laughs) like very specific roles in their families now alex alex hang on i'm getting something did you have a sister who visited you episode 11 season three i mean two years ago who has been worried It's true. I don't know how they felt for that. It was like that obvious. Every single time. Um, so Julie, that was my second thought. My other thought was I thought it was very interesting during one of her psychic readings that she mentioned that Teresa's dad was in heaven and he had a bottle. He was holding Blue Label. And I thought, wow, how fun for heaven that it has name brands. <laughs> and then my last little psychic thought happened before the psychic. Jackie is about to leave to go to the psychic and she laughs to her children saying, I'm going to a psychic party where I'm going to learn if I'm going to be in love with daddy forever. Ha 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 ha. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need a psychic to know what's going on there. I mean, one thing that like couldn't have been Googleable, but I bet the medium knew through like production or something was Dolores's upcoming surgery. <laughs> but, yeah, that was I because that is was. so specific too that like she had to know. Or she has a friend with the same surgeon, just like in Atlanta. Oh my gosh, everyone's going to prison. No, Alex, I definitely thought a PA was like, "Hey, come here." No, you should yeah, totally sure. say. That was the only one that got me to. Other than that, it was so blatant. It was like she was reading their Wikipedia pages to them out loud. <laughs> She literally says, your dog, whose name is Boo, 
is there in heaven too. Like, she just knew way too much. Way too many things. David had a heart episode. Oh, episode. he wasn't even in it. He, he got, got called out by Frank and Gina Marie. Yep, not your soulmate. The house is crumbling. I did, I did think Margaret had a good point. You find out the man that you've been with for years and you're supposed to marry isn't your soulmate. You're like, yep, the dog's there in heaven. <laughs> Sobbing. Now, why are Frank and... Uh, and Dolores not together. I, I mean, we've talked about know. it. We've talked about it to death, but... They got divorced it's... 21 years ago, my guess, is that what we're seeing now is a completely different relationship than what they're they business got divorced. Partners. They're business yeah. partners, and I think they're really good friends, but maybe they're just people who can't be married to each other, clearly. He but I think if he was given a door, you. I think he'd walk through it, or an opening. I think so, but I don't think she would. She's not opening the door for him. I think she, he would walk through it. Alex? My mean theory is that he's, like, impotent or something. Like, there's, like, some, like, <gasps> issue there. He did reference something about penises and, like, David and, like, she's had better she sex did? than David. Yeah, first episode, she said that she had better sex than David. And she goes, haha, sorry, Frank, in a, a confessional. Huh. Okay. So maybe that's true. Hmm. You hear it here first. <laughs> well, unless you're a psychic and you watch the first episode. That being said, Frank <laughs> is my favorite oh, person I on Real Housewives of New Jersey. He's my favorite. Oh, for sure. Anybody out of Whether anybody. or not he can get it up. I'm sure he's good at part? other things. I'm sure he has other skills. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can. <laughs> I'm sure he can get it up. Well, what a fun conversation. I love the guy. You guys ready for awards? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, we did a little chit-chatting off uh, Mike, and I'm a little worried. We all have the same award. So I demand to go first. Ah, damn it. And I am awarding the Detective Doty Award. Oh, no, everybody's looking like, yep, that's my award. All right, well, I will first like to award the Detective Doty Award to someone I have already given it to, Miss Cam Westcott. Okay. For two amazing observations. Um... When Brandy and Stephanie jump out of the dark forest to scare them in Bigfoot costumes, Cam does not move an inch, saying, I wasn't scared because I knew it wasn't the real Bigfoot. Great observation. (laughs) She also gets a brutal scorpion sting that makes her whole arm swell up on their last day. (laughs) So horribly, she should definitely have gone to a doctor, which apparently she does where she learns the fact poisonous scorpions can actually kill you and she tells us this was not a poisonous scorpion because she didn't die (laughs) excellent observations cam thank you so much i feel like i learned something okay so my award and the recipient of it are it's it's almost exactly what you just did elizabeth but I hope my recipient enjoys this award while she has it for the next minute or less. My Detective Doty Award goes to Jackie from Jersey, who when she's out with Melissa and Margaret, and they're reflecting on the fight that Melissa and Joe Gorga had, her detective work leads her to the conclusion that um, that fight that they had wasn't just about that night. (laughs) It wasn't about who walks through doors first, Alex. There's more. And that is... 
all she offers the entire conversation, but it's so true. So my Detective Doty Award goes to Jackie. Congratulations, Jackie. <laughs> well, Alex, I am ripping that award out of Jackie's hands and handing <sighs> the Detective Doty Award to Margaret, who <laughs> knows something. True detective that she is. She knows Teresa is in a relationship. And she has multiple supporting evidences towards this fact. Number one, the pineapple. She's been eating so much pineapple, Mm. she needs to keep that pussy ripe. Number two, a soccer tournament. Not only was Teresa saying that a soccer tournament was the reason keeping her away from an event, the most unconvincing excuse we've ever seen, she didn't show any pictures on her social medias. So, Margaret, congratulations for the Detective Doty Award. You will have it for at least a week because I gave my award last. <laughs> congratulations, Margaret, for being the final recipient of the Detective Doty Award. And I really did like Julia when Margaret is doing her list of evidence. We get a flashback of Teresa telling us that she will not be there. And I guess I didn't pay attention to it the first time, but her delivery of, well, I can't be there. Oh, where are you going to be? Um, a soccer tournament. <laughs> the most unconvincing. <laughs> like, she just was looking around the room and she saw a soccer ball, a turnip, and the word it. And she just put them all together. A mint. A mint. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you so much, Holly. It was so much fun to have you. You can catch Holly on season one, episode 12 of Naked and Afraid, where she kicks so much ass. Please go watch it. It's amazing. You can also find her on Instagram at MossyFit, M-O-S-S-Y-F-I-T. Um, she posts lots of fun, naked and afraid beach and workout stuff there. So go follow Holly and I would love to have her back on to talk more Summer House. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.